She's on the money. She's on the money. And welcome to She's on the Money, the podcast for millennials who want financial freedom. My name is Tony Lodge and joining me for a money diary on this sunny Monday, it might not be sunny where you are, it's probably not even sunny here in Melbourne, but joining me today is Victoria Devine. Hello. What a surprise seeing me here. I know. It's like you're on every week. Oh, am I? (laughs) Maybe I should find someone else. No, don't, no one panic. Please don't post in the group that Victoria's not going to be on the podcast next week. Oh my gosh, start drama. Yes. Sorry. Leaving no, 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 absolutely not. Oh my gosh, let's get into this. <laughs> we don't start drama. Um, but we've got another money diary this week, and I think you're, I say this every week, I think you're really going to like this one. But I, I think, do, do you know what? Really we pick like the money diaries because you're we gonna think like. you're going to like them. Because how daft of us if we picked money diaries that we're like, you know what, this week's one, you're going to hate it. Pretty dry. Yeah. They didn't tell us anything. Yeah, not um, that interesting. Uh, five minutes, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Um, So I'm going to try and refrain from saying that, but you are going to like this one. It's a good one. Okay, but I'm going to like all of them. Yes. All right, can you read out the email for me? All right, here we go. Hi, she's on the money team. I went to uni straight out of high school. I worked cash jobs up until the age of 21. From 21 to 23, I worked part-time whilst completing my studies, earning super for the first time, but I never paid it any attention or thought it was important. Finally, when I completed uni at age 23, I scraped just enough money together to go overseas on a working holiday where I accidentally stayed for four years. What a coinkity. Yeah, oh, we're accidentally just (laughs) living my best life. I returned to Australia with zero dollars at age 27, spent a year bouncing from casual job to casual job and finally at 28 I started my career, working full time for the first time in my life and earning super. I have now been in this job for one year. Now that I'm in the real world and no longer playing Peter Pan, I can't help but recognise the financial sacrifices I have made in the name of travel and to compare myself to my friends and other money diarists. I very much feel like I'm playing catch up and it's a tough position to be in. I call myself 29 and catching up. I like that, but also stop comparing yourself to everybody else's journey. It's really hard though. I know it's really hard, but it's also really upsetting when people compare themselves because you are rich in travel and rich in life experience. And, you know, I didn't get to do any of that. And yeah, I've got other things going on, but like, that's pretty cool too. So I don't think we give ourselves enough credit, honestly. But we've got our money diarist on the line and she can probably shed more light than you or I could on yeah, her okay. own story. You're right. I am ill Let's have a chat with her. <laughs> Hello, money diarist. Hi, ladies. How's it going? We are so good. We are so excited about this. I want to know all about your travels and all about how you are working now. But as always, we're going to start with the structured questions at the beginning. So to kick it off, what is your attitude towards money? Uh, So my attitude towards money has changed a lot in recent times. I bet. So pretty, (laughs) pretty much up until a year ago, I just like didn't pay it any attention and I just always felt that I had such a long life ahead of me and there was plenty of time to, to make money. money. Yep. Yeah, I just thought, well, I'll enjoy life now and, you know, money, easy come, easy go kind of stuff. So it was just never a priority for me at all. Like um, up until about a year ago, um, money was to gain to be able to spend that on fun experiences. Um, that's shifted enormously once I've got into the real world, I would say. 
And I know that you mentioned before that uh, it sounded like I was comparing myself to others, which I absolutely am because just been quite curious about my friends and stuff once I got home and started to consider, oh, like these people have been working for like the last four years. What yeah. have I been doing? But also like another I've mentioned my super a couple of times in my letter that I sent to you. Mm. And the reason for that was because I've seen like on the super websites and like on the morning show and stuff that there's recommendations about how much you should have in your super for a comfortable retirement given your age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they can make sorry. they can make you feel so stressed. Very scary. Yes. So I very much got that figure in mind and I'm like nowhere near it. And yeah, it just became um quite interested in money once I started making it and basically now my uh sorry I'm giving a very long no I like this <laughs> I like learning and I love how everybody's so willing to share their journeys with us so do not apologize for it being too long because we're all listening with bated breath I promise <laughs> um but now basically my attitude to money is I really want to be uh for better or for worse like meeting those targets like I want to be you know have the amount of super that is recommended for my age and mm-hmm. I just never want to be in a position again where I have to panic because my rego is due yeah, and that it is my stressful. My, so my first 10 years of adulthood and it was just so nice last year being able to pay that and you know not having to eat rice and beans so um, <laughs> yeah my attitude towards money now is very much a priority and it never has been. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like you're going through a fair bit of progression even now, which is, let's get to that. Let's get to that. So what is currently your big money goal? Well, it is very much down the track, but like most people, it would be probably to buy a house. However, I'm not really dying to do that immediately. Uh, Like even if I had the house deposit available now, I wouldn't actually buy a house because I'm not too sure where I want to set up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm aware that you know, future me will probably want that. So I save for that every paycheck a, uh, a good amount. So That's so um, grown up. I, I love that. You're like, you know what? It's not something I want now, but I know future me will want that. I'm like, what? That's epic. Imagine having that level of insight. And even if you turn around and think, oh, actually, I really don't mind not buying a house, you're going to have all that money saved that you can add to your super or invest or, you know, th- there's... Or travel more. Yes, yes. <laughs> saving money is never a bad idea. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone has ever been like, oh, damn, I, saved I accidentally <laughs> saved enough for a house deposit. How terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. All right. You mentioned super before, but next question is, do you currently have any investments? Uh, I do. Um, very recently. So, this year, actually, I entered the share market for the first time and I just invested a small amount. I bought three shares just to get some exposure to it, basically. Yes, uh, Queen. This is what <laughs> we love to hear. Um, however, in hindsight, I'm probably recognizing that that, that was potentially a bad choice because I can see myself, again, I'm not sure, but potentially buying a house in within five years. And I'm, I understand that the recommendation is uh, not to buy shares if you see yourself wanting to sell 
within five years. But yes it was just a small no. amount. So. Yeah, <laughs> yes and no, my friend. So I, I, I agree with you there and I never, ever, ever recommend clients invest or people invest when they have less than five years just because you never know what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the fluctuations of the market, it could increase and you could be saying, well, Victoria, it doesn't matter. Like I actually made money and I'm going to sell it and I'm now going to purchase a home and I've got more money than I had before. And I'd go, great, that's fantastic. But what if it goes down and we actually haven't had enough time to ride the waves and we haven't had enough time for that compound interest to really kick in? Mm -hmm. So I think it's one of those things where if the market is down, you might actually change your mind and go, you know what, I actually don't want to sell those shares. I just don't want to take it off the table. I'll wait another 12 months and see where we're at. And it sounds like you're a little bit flexible when it comes to, you know, purchasing a home. There's no specific timeline, in which case I think you're probably making the right decision for you. Obviously, I can't say with absolute certainty because I don't know your entire financial situation yet. Or the future. Or the future. (laughs) But I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to, you know, make the right decisions. But if you've learned anything, it's that investing's not that hard, is it not, my friend? Yes, it's been a good journey. Two of them are not doing well, but I feel very positive about the future. And the other one is doing very well. So overall, I feel good about it. I love that. I'm going to ask you more questions about that a little bit later. Next question is, do you currently have any debts? Uh, I have a hex debt. Oh, how much? Give us the gas. It's $29,000, but I don't feel too bad about it because I've actually, I've never started paying it off. And this year through my work, they spoke to me and they actually offered to make some arrangement where I pay extra towards my tax. Mm-hmm. So um, tax time's just around the corner. So I'm not too sure exactly how much will be paid off. But That's exciting uh, though I, to know that you're a little bit more in control of it. Yeah, but uh, I think I've done some loose calculations and I reckon a fair chunk will paid off, be paid off, but the important thing is I'll see it go down for the first time in my life. Every year I see it go up and up. So. I love that. Yeah. Um, I've just realised we didn't ask our money diarist what she does for work and how much she earns. Didn't I? Did I we skip that? We did not that? ask her that. <gasps> how audacious of me, money diarist. <laughs> Can we go back in the questions? Sure thing. Oh, I'm so excited. All right. So what do you do for work and how much money do you earn? Uh, I'm a drug and alcohol counsellor and um, how much I earn – so, actually, when I started this job a year ago, I started as a part-timer, um, and my salary at that time was 66000 Um Oh, that's good. 56000 And that was your first full-time job, like as part-time. in like first job straight out of travelling, right? Yes. Oh, yes. that's good. Nice. Um, and then six months into that job, I got offered a full-time position, which is valued at 83000 What? Um, Oy. Before super. So in the last... And this woman uh, is worried about being behind. <laughs> <gasps> yes, before before super. So averaging out the last 12 months, uh, my income has been 74000 But from now on, will be 83000 Great job. That's huge. I love that. And I love that you're like, yep, I'm really worried about being behind. And then you've actually got like a bowler salary. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, so well, good. 
I keep hearing that 80,000 or like 85,000 is about average. So, um, Look, it is, but I think that we say averages and then I think you'll find that across the board it is average, but that is including everybody who has like higher education and it's not taking into consideration mm-hmm. the average population, I don't believe. And from my experience, you know, as a financial advisor, but also, you know, through our community, that's not the average of our community no. by any stretch of the imagination. Like I think if I went and looked at our stats and every single year I do our census for our She's on the Money community so I can understand you guys instead of understanding um, what we think the yeah, what we are, think the we know are. what they are. Like yeah. I'm not going to jump on the Daily Mail and be like, okay, cool. Well, they said that the research says it's $86,000 a year. Like I'll just go off that. Like, no, I'd prefer for She's on the Money to tell me who, what mm-hmm. that is. And our average mm-hmm. is about $53,000 from memory. Um, and that's for someone working full time, which I think is really really good yeah but I think we need to just be really honest because there are going to be some people in our community that are like wow like $86,000 like that's a lot of money and I agree but also we all live within our means so even if you're mm-hmm. on something you know higher like that it's actually like hard still to manage cash flow regardless of how much money you earn. Yeah, and just having more money doesn't mean that you know how to manage it better. No, in fact, it can make you worse. Mm-hmm. Well, if we're talking about managing, managing your money, money well, well or not, yeah, let's what ask is, her, what's, what's your, your best, best money, money habit? habit? <laughs> oh, my gosh, we sounded like twins. <laughs> um, my best money habit is that when I get paid fortnightly, basically I save, I put 20% of my money towards a house deposit and 10% towards a travel account and my best money habit is come hell or high water I will always save that 20% oh what um, I will like 95% of the time save the 10% as well and if I don't that really stresses me out and I write down what I owe myself um that's a good that habit. account who is she um so yeah very good at you know like 98% of the time I'm putting that 30% away, but always the 20% every time. I love that. And when you do it as soon as you get paid, it's so much easier because you don't even notice it. It's like how your hex gets taken away before you pay tax and stuff. Like it's gone. You don't notice it. And if you transfer it right out rather than there's definitely been times where I've been like, oh, I'll probably save that money, but I'll just leave it in my access account. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I bought a lot of ice cream this month and now my money's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to manage because it it would definitely disappear if I just left it there. (laughs) All right, to flip this narrative for a hot second, what is your worst money habit? I did a lot of thinking on this. I think my worst money habit is I am guilty of – I'm not so good at delaying gratification. If I see something or think of something that I want, I want it like right now. And, you know, maybe that won't always fit into the budget so well, but I'll just kind of like – buy it then and then yeah. if I have to eat rice and beans <laughs> the rest of the week, I'll just make it work. Um, but that sounds like you planned it. Like that's not like, oh, I dipped into my savings and now I have no money for Redro. That's like, oh, I've dipped into, you know, my spending and now I'm reallocating my spending to make sure I can still save. Like this girl's too smart for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, true, but I guess it just puts stress on me and I find yeah, that totally like, hard. the few days leading up to payday, I'm like, I'm like itching for it. And it's that guilt as well. 
Yeah, and especially for things that they're not going to go away. Like, they're always going to be there. But for some reason, I've decided I need that skincare item like yesterday yeah if it's skincare i'm done for yeah i spend so much money on i want to glow i'll spend the money yeah so naughty (laughs) like i can't walk into like mecca or go on a door or anything without like walking away with having purchased something is so annoying it's bad i just really like skincare so i feel you my friend i have one last question for you before we jump to a really quick break because i'm really excited to ask you a whole heap of questions so that question is what grade would you give yourself if i forced you to give your money habits a grade? Um, I would give myself a B and my reason for that is that I'm really happy with my money habits now. However, given my net worth, what's in my bank account, I just don't feel that that deserves an A. I'm a B until I've got more money. (laughs) Do we agree with that, Tony? How do we feel about that? I I think that the the logic is sound, yeah, but I think yeah. that there's a problem the with the language of it being more money. I don't think it's more money. I think that as soon as you reallocate, you know exactly where all of your money's yeah. sitting, and you kind of feel like you're on track. Then, but I think a B is very fair. I think because you're nice because you're working towards you feeling comfortable. It's not about me feeling comfortable or thinking it's a good amount. I think. Yeah, I think you're on the right track, though. Like, absolutely on the right track. And I feel like too many times we put too much pressure on ourselves to have more money, and that's actually not going to make us happier. We should just be really stoked about the process and about making sure that we do have everything set up. And as you said before, you're no longer stressed about paying rego. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's that's like gold standard Mm -hmm. of making sure that we've got some level of financial security and financial freedom before we get, you know, to retirement age. Because not all of us can create passive incomes right here and now. Now, right like that would be I the can't. dream no absolutely neither can I don't worry don't worry my friend but I think that that's that's fair yeah like I, I feel I guess to lay on on the point a bit more like if I had 30 grand sitting in the bank account and I was practicing the habit I'd be like oh yeah I'm an A but because my bank account isn't looking super healthy I don't feel like that deserves the score of A well that's fair we'll check with you in like 12 months and I know (laughs) with the habits you've got that you'll be there Mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask more about your habits right after this really quick break All right, let's jump straight back into it. I am, I have so many questions, my friend. But the first is, you said that you've been traveling, but you've also started investing. How did you jump into that? And how did you make the decision to start investing? But also, how did you make the decision of what to invest in? Like, what steps did you take? Um, so, fortunately, my partner is very financially savvy. And one day we were just driving around and... Uh, he just started talking to me like about the share market kind of out of the blue and he was just giving me so much information and I was just like, how do you have this knowledge in your brain? And You um, hate road trips with me. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> oh, God, I would love that. <laughs> anyway, he this is August last year and he suggested that I read a particular book which gave me very good exposure to the world of finance. Mm-hmm. And Oh, what book? Um, Come on, hot tips. Everybody mm-hmm. else wants to read it. 
uh, barefoot investor. Yeah, I feel like that's a good way to start. I feel like a lot of people pick that up as their first book and then go, great, like this is, you know, a really good structure for me. And it's the structure that so many people have been craving for a really long time. I think it's great. Plus your book wasn't out yet last August. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> No, no, no. But genuinely, like I think he's done a really good job of changing financial literacy in Australia. And like, for sure. It's just solid advice that makes you feel really comfortable and like you can do it yourself, right? Yes. And That's don't worry, Victoria, your book arrived yesterday on oh. pre-order. I re- oh, did it actually. Ooh. I'm yeah, so excited when did. people have my book, but also I'm <laughs> just more about financial literacy. So if you want to read Barefoot Investor, go for it. You want to read She's on the Money? Fabulous. You want to read all of them? Even better. But at the end of the day, I'm just stoked that people read finance books. And actually want to educate themselves. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's so good. Anyway, keep on keeping on. So, yeah, I got my first exposure to it then. And, uh, yeah, over the next six months, my partner and I were just uh, – he's got a share portfolio and we would just talk about it um, every so often and he would just show me, like, what's gone up and what's gone down. And with the increased exposure, it just seemed less scary to me. Do a bit of research on trends and things like that, and as it turned out, you know everything crashed about June last year in the middle, at, at the beginning of uh, coronavirus getting mm-hmm. serious. Um, things are starting to improve uh, earlier this year, um, but basically, what I chose to do was looking at shares that had crashed post COVID, mm-hmm. um, and I chose to invest into travel companies. That sounds uh, like a really smart thing to do. I feel like yeah. I, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I wish I thought of that. <laughs> one of them actually didn't crash that much, but they definitely did take a dip. And another one, you know, they went down like about 70%. And so I invested in those thinking one day the world will be back to normal. And I think, you know, when the world opens up, people are going to want to travel more than ever. So, that is so um, smart. That is the smartest thing I've I ever heard. I feel like it's really intelligent. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people during corona, like, were looking at the stock market and picking shares based on that. And, you know, I'm not unprivy to that because in financial advisor land, we definitely were having conversations about that. But me personally, I didn't think to buy any for myself. Why? That's silly. I know. I was just caring about everybody else. I was like, all right, so my client portfolios look like X and Y and we need to do this and this is how we're going to protect our assets. And, you know, you kind of go into damage control. And yeah. I remember when it started hitting and I'm working from home being like, my clients are going to lose it. And then everything was all fine. And, you know, everything is, I wouldn't say sunshine and roses, but it's much more comfortable because the world knows how to deal with Corona. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know the outcome or how long lasting the impacts are going to be. And obviously there's been significant financial impact for so many people but I remember at the start of it as a financial advisor being like strap in we have a lot more scope now for sure yeah Yeah. we know so much more but I feel like that was a risk and that was a cool risk that arguably is paying off my friend especially for a first time investor that's real risky what led you to make such a risky decision instead of picking something like a managed fund or an ETF or even something that felt a little bit more stable well, one of the companies I invested in was uh, Qantas. So they were the one that took less of a dip, but a dip regardless. And I just, I mean, I could totally be wrong, but I just feel that Qantas is a really key Australian company and I just feel that they'll never go away. And I could be wrong, like there's no guarantee with the share market, of course. And Flight Centre I invested in. Um, and my theory with them was that even if their price gets up to only half of what it was at its peak, I've still doubled my money. So, what? Um, doubled? Yes. Yeah, so at, 
<laughs> and I'm not sure what you'll think about this. Probably you won't look at this favorably, but I also invest. <laughs> I love how people are like, Victoria Devine will judge us. And then everyone who actually knows me is like, the last person to judge us is going to be Victoria Devine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I can guess what's coming. Yeah, she's going to say crypto, crypto. isn't she? Yeah. Mm. No. <gasps> <gasps> what is it? What is I, it? Last month I invested in Afterpay when it took a dip. Oh, all right. Interesting choice. Uh, it's in a lot of portfolios at the moment. A lot of ETFs hold after pay. I feel like I've said this on the podcast before. I don't agree with consumers using it because it's a slippery slope, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not something that, you know, if I got after pay, I think personally I'd struggle because I wouldn't be able to see the full numbers. And I'm someone who, you know, I'm actually just better with cash and I know how much is in my bank account. So I know mm-hmm. how much I can spend. But when it comes to an actual company, it's brilliantly run. Yep. Like it's a great company with so much scope and so much growth. And I think that over the next few years as well, we're only going to see it increase in size because as much as she's on the money doesn't love it and doesn't advocate for it people are still using it they're Mm -hmm. still increasing their consumers they are still increasing their profit margins they are increasing their product offerings as well like they're going i'm pretty sure they're going into the banking space next which is wild i just feel like it's growing like it's had you know massive growth since it started you know you see on websites and stuff like now have afterpay uh, we've, we've nearly got afterpay and it just seems like it's something that more and more businesses are incorporating. So, yeah. you know, that makes me think it's growing and um, I know you won't like this, but it's up. Stop like, I saying actually- I won't like <laughs> it. I really love that you're making decisions based on research that you're doing, mm-hmm. not just research of the company, but you're looking at it from a consumer perspective and you're like, that's pretty prevalent. I feel like I will support that and yep. I understand how it's rolling out. Like you sound really educated on what you're talking about. Yep. I love it. It makes me so huh? excited. Like don't say I wouldn't agree with it because at the end of the day, if you're saying, look, I feel like I value that, I'm not going to argue with you. Who am I to tell you that your values aren't right? Like that would be rude. <laughs> yeah, I, I happen I happen to like the company and um, totally understand not, you know, investing in things that don't align to your values. But I actually use Afterpay and I feel that I use it very responsibly and that I never overpurchase on it or anything. It's just as a cash flow management system. Um, sometimes I'll have to make two $200 purchases in a fortnight and, you know, instead of just whacking out 400 bucks from my fortnightly budget, it's only 100 which just like feels so much more manageable. And, yeah, which um, I agree with. So I think that that's really important to actually talk about here. I've never said I do not love Afterpay full stop, no one should use it. If you're using it in line with your values and actually using it as a cash flow and budgeting tool – Fantastic. I think I've spoken, Tony, about it on the podcast before, that my best friend uses it a lot. She's great with it. I couldn't trust me with it, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it would be a really slippery slope. I know I would spend more money because I'd be like, oh, well. I'm very trigger happy. Yeah, same. (laughs) And I feel like it sounds so silly, but even when I've had, like, store credits, I suddenly I'll go, all right, $200 dress. Oh, that's pretty expensive. But then somehow if I've got a store credit, I'm unable to see the difference between a $200 dress and a $250 dress. I'm like, oh, well, they're about the same, right? Yeah. No, there's $50 difference. And I know that if I had Afterpay, which I have never had, mm-hmm. I would just pick the $250 one because I'd be like, time. oh, what's the difference? Yeah. Like, and I know other people do that and that's the mentality behind it, right? That's the psychology behind using something like Afterpay or to be honest, like any other buy now, pay later company, mm-hmm. you just go, okay, cool. Well, 
that mentality works. But for someone like you, money diarist, you're like, no, like I just use it as a cash flow and budgeting tool. And I'm like, you, my friend, are stronger than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moving on from your investments though. um, So obviously you spent um, a bit of time overseas. You ended up living overseas by accident. And you said that that's led you to compare yourself a little bit to um, your friends that are, I mean, you're 29, I'm 27. I'm 29. You're 29 as well. um, I'm going to keep talking about that. I know that every person that I'm friends with on Facebook or Instagram is like, oh, we just bought a house or got a dog or having a baby. And it is really hard to not compare yourself. I guess, do do you feel that there is merit to what you did? Because there is, you know, you gained all that life experience and maybe you weren't working and saving your super or whatever, but money can always be earned. Is that like kind of how you still feel? Um, I don't regret going overseas at all. Um, for one of those years, I actually earned pretty good money, um, but I just completely wasted it. Like I had uh, the same job as several of my friends, yep. but they uh, managed their money. Like I just never had any money, and yet we had the same experiences. But you know, uh, they were, you know, able to save money at the same time. And uh, honestly, I just like was so disorganized overseas and yeah. um, I just like had fun. no yeah <laughs> I was but where I went wrong was I earned the same amount of money as a whole bunch of my friends and yet they were able to save money so it's not that they made sacrifices like we had the exact same lifestyle it's just that they they managed things better and yeah um, I'm embarrassed to say that like I think that so much of my money disappeared on takeaway food and taxis I think if I was just a bit more organized with meal prep and transport I would suddenly have like thousands of dollars more I agree but I also think that we can't be harsh on past us we Mm -hmm. can't judge them for the decisions that they made because I think that at that time you were making the right decision for you and you were just living your life and to be honest sometimes we need to go through things like that to actually start valuing saving money Mm -hmm. because you know let's take ourselves back to maybe that taxi that you took because you had some drinks out with the girls if I was sitting beside you in that taxi and I said hey you should actually be saving you'll probably tell me to jump out of the taxi that you're not interested and that you're living your best life like I think that we actually have to be ready to hear the advice and actually want the advice and I often find obviously because I talk about money every single day (laughs) that people are sometimes just not ready and you might not have been ready and I think that that's okay but we can't just be harsh on past us for making decisions that current you would have like I know current you would have saved past you might not have yeah that's okay but don't go oh I'm so embarrassed about that like I have done so many embarrassing things but I think that they've really helped me create who I am today and created the values I have today and potentially you having gone through that means that's why you're so good at budgeting cash flow now it's probably why afterpay is not an issue for you it's probably why you're going you know what I actually think that I'm a B not an A plus because I want more money in my accounts Mm -hmm. like your mindset isn't fixed it changes over time and I think that that's a really beautiful story of how you have been there but like I just don't want you to be embarrassed of that that's not something to be embarrassed by by any stretch of the imagination oh no I'm definitely definitely forgive myself for everything um but I yeah I just see the missed opportunity I came back flat broke 
<laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure you had a good time and I don't want you to be upset with it. And to be honest, from what it sounds like with what you're doing with your super and your hex debt and the savings that you're making and the fact that you're saving non-negotiably 20%, like what? Not many 29-year-olds could say that they can do that. And sometimes, especially in the She's on the Money community, we forget that it's the loudest voices that get the most exposure. Mm -hmm. So like we'll have money diarists who have bought houses or we might have, you know, people in the Facebook group that are willing to comment. But I think we need to remember that sometimes if you're feeling flat or you're feeling embarrassed about your situation or you're not ready to talk about it, you're not going to be putting your hand up and being like, hey, I'm 29 and I don't feel like I've done enough. Like people don't usually come out with those stories. It's like social media because it is social media. Mm -hmm. You kind of only see the highlight reel. And as much as our mm. community is so open and honest and generous and I'm so grateful for the stories that we get even when they're like hey I'm struggling a bit how can I do this and I feel like our community jumps on board and they're like oh my gosh all right Tony this is what you should do and mm. you know I'll give you this advice or I can help you and it's just it's so kind but it's not actually that common for people to put their hands up and go hey like I'm not where I want to be and I'm struggling a little bit um and I think that it's really beautiful that you're saying that but I also think that you know it's also really easy to only hear the loudest voices. I also love that you said you've forgiven yourself for that time and you've learned from it, which it sounds like it has. Sounds like you're absolutely killing it and you're on your way to real financial success. So it's been amazing listening to your story from someone who travelled a lot and is now, you know, getting their A into G. It's like, it's really cool. Thank you very much. I'm, yeah, so happy to be able to talk uh, with you guys today. And I suppose, um, like, my fear when I was, getting exposed to the financial world was that I wasn't able to catch up, like that I'd really made sacrifices and I would forever um, suffer the consequences. But uh, I think today, I know it sounds like maybe you're thinking that I perhaps am in a position where I am able to catch up. Oh my gosh, not only are you able to catch up, I think you'll surpass so many things. Like the fact that you don't have any, you've gone through all this travel, right? But you don't have any consumer debt. You don't have any personal debt. The only debt you said you had was Hex. Like that's such a good position to be in. It sounds like you're going to absolutely kill it. Like I'm so excited about this and you probably just can't see it yet. Thank you very much. I think that's the perfect place to leave it. So just before we head off, we'd like to acknowledge and pay respect to Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands, the waterways and the skies all across Australia. We thank you for sharing and for caring for the land on which we are able to learn. We pay our respects to elders past and present and we share our friendship and our kindness. The advice shared on She's on the Money is generally nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. She's on the Money exists purely for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. And we promise Victoria Devine is an authorised representative of Australia Pacific Funds Management, Proprietary Limited, ABN 34132463257, AFSL 339151. Thank you so much for listening today. If you aren't already part of our Facebook group, please join us and 170,000 other money fanatics that are that are part of our group. Um, you can also join us on Instagram. At it, uh, by the way, it's 180,000. But oh, okay. Pardon me. Sorry. Cough, Gosh. Doc, cough. my pay this week. Yeah, look. <laughs> keep up with the times, Tona Roddy. You can also join us on Instagram at She's on the Money AUS. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe this podcast if you love it or if you don't, because it does help us grow and, you know, helps other people find us. 
Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I feel like you just sounded like a flight attendant. Oh, really? Yeah, you were like, okay, thank you so much for flying Qantas. We hope you enjoyed giving us your business <laughs> or whatever they say. Should I do it next time? I'll do the end part as with more of a voiceover voice. Yeah, like it's a full yeah. voiceover voice. You're the like, advice shared on She's on the Money is generally nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. <laughs> I know, dying. I sound like I'm reading the news. Totally. All right, anyway. We are now going to dim the lights for takeoff. If you're scared of the dark or that the boogeyman will get you, don't worry, he only flies Jetstar. Like, <laughs> oh, you think I work on Qantas? Bougie. You are bougie. <laughs> All right, love you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.